Sad has a Groundhog Day thing happening in her life, uh, as far as I can tell. And what I mean by that is, I've seen her go to events, not really stake out a political position, but just document events, and then get accused by one side or the other at said event of carrying the water for whatever diametrically opposed group they are there to face off against. And it is kind of chilling. Interestingly, when I first um, met Karima on the Dean Blundell podcast, um, from what I recall, it's not like we butt heads, but we we strenuously disagreed on something. And I kind of walked away ignorantly, uh, thinking that, oh, she's really progressive. And more interestingly is that I feel like she is progressive. Um, I don't like to label anybody and I'm not, I don't want to label her that either, but she is clearly a person who I think is sensible, um, uh, you know, and and adheres to things that, that are principled. And I like that about her. And uh, what I'd like to see uh, is more people sort of get that understanding about her. But I also want to hear critics of hers talk directly. So we have um, we have a critic of, of Krima today, and also, uh, of course, the woman herself. Her name is Krima Sad. And um, to be honest, Danny, I don't know your last name. Um, and I don't, and I guess do you do you want me to call you my homie Tutaro? Is that the um? Idea? You can call me Danny Taro. Taro is my real name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to have you both on because, and I'm sorry, uh, the video is 30 minutes. I, I was going to clip it, but um, but I didn't. But Krima. And I actually don't have any assets. It's been a crazy day, guys, and um, I don't. It didn't load any assets. But I thought it was better that we talk, anyways, because maybe that's really better than trying to describe something retroactively. Karima, you went to um, Peterborough recently, and um, can you describe, first of all, so I don't mangle it, uh, why you were there and what was happening um, in Peterborough at that time? Sure. Um, so this past Saturday in Peterborough, there was a drag story time at the public library, which attracted the attention of protesters, both out-of-town protesters in the form of King Nico and Crystal Peters, who are freedom-adjacent people who have kind of transitioned to this as a new subject, this being protesting drag child-friendly events. Um, There was also a local church that and and some political figures um also in opposition together they comprised maybe 20 or so people um and then the the event also attracted um counter protesters again some of these were out of town recurring characters who show up to face against king nico and gang um, and others were local community members And for the past two years, I've been documenting um, polarizing 
events, political events. Um, I just, I go out and record and document my perspective. And that's what I did uh, in Peterborough. Okay. Um, and then I saw a video um, uh, by yourself, Danny, and yeah. I, I get, and, and then, you know, we don't have to go over like a tooth and nail about the video, but it seemed to me that you were being um, quite uh, critical of, of what Karima was doing there. And again, rather than retroactively try to apply a context to a video, tell me what your um, overall critique was and, and how you came to that conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I've, all, I've been following Karima for a long time. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm just getting used to the screen changing around. Uh, you know, I've been following Karima for a long time, like a lot of people. And, you know, it started off, I was a fan of, of uh, your work. And, uh, you know, I really appreciated the coverage you did here locally for Peter Burgers. And, you know, you did a great job. I, we even covered on my stream, uh, you know, the event that you were denied access to. And I think you did a great job with the convoy as well, you know, but there seemed to be kind of like a turn. And I think it was really around the time when you became it became publicly known that you're the defense lawyer for um one of the white supremacist convoy diagonal founders right and i that i think is a time when not just myself but a lot of people who were once like fans of yours started becoming maybe like a little bit skeptical of like what your motives behind being a content creator or a video taker or a journalist or i don't know what 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 you exactly how you define yourself or even just like as an ally and an activist right so um i guess that kind of has drawn out into this thing where online when you say hey you know i don't really like that karima is doing this specific and a lot of your supporters uh, will will pile on that person, and you know I, I've undergone it. You've got me blocked on Twitter, which is which is fine. And you know, you know, we should all be curating our own social media sites. But uh, then it kind of comes out in these real life situations, like it did at the Peterborough Public Library, where some of the organizers, some of the activists, some of the allies are are you know potentially like. They are essentially, I think they don't trust you, right? So um, I, I, I woke up Monday morning to cover the event, the Peterborough Public Library and Drag Storytime on, on my stream. And when I, when I search for all that stuff, um, if I search the hashtag Peterborough at that exact moment, you know, a lot of the information I get is like Karima and and your posts and people talking about you. And I really just want to refocus my, uh, the narrative because we, as, as like content creators, right? The things, the important things that we talk about, they shouldn't really necessarily be centering us in, in the story. And it feels like maybe the style of content that you're doing, uh, you, uh, you have a tendency and you and you know correct me if i'm wrong to to center to center yourself and i feel as though it kind of just takes away from the importance of the issue and the important issue that we were there for on uh saturday was to support drag story time so okay karima that's a there's a lot that you said there the tom pack but go ahead karima i mean i think that a lot of that 
it's just, first of all, there are inaccuracies, um, but I, I don't really get what the problem is. Danny, we are not the same. You and I are not the same. So you do your content in your way and I do my content in my way, which provides a pretty unique perspective and lens on things because my voice is not one that is frequently represented anywhere. So there is inherent value to the work that I do. And in addition to that, I wear many hats and I could hear you kind of struggling to put me in a silo. And I think that that's the biggest problem my critics have, which is they don't know how to deal with what it is that I do, even though all I'm doing is presenting information for people to look at and critically assess and discuss. And I don't know why that is perceived as threatening or frightening, but I disagree adamantly that people can self-deputize to restrict access to public spaces based on what? Allegations, baseless allegations, anonymous allegations, right? Where's the due process in any of that? And my actual behavior on the ground is all documented. Uh, people accuse me sometimes of clipping footage. Yes, obviously, I don't present a live stream 24-7 of my life. I clip what I find interesting. So there is an element of editorializing to what I do. That's the case for anyone putting information out on social media. We're all putting and choosing our, our highlight reels or however we want to portray ourselves, our personas. But there's nothing that is inaccurate in, in what I say. And there's no evidence, there's no documented evidence of any of these serious allegations, even though people plot and plan in advance, apparently, how to make sure I'm recorded the entire time I'm there, how to prevent me from talking to people. So there's active sabotage, which is weird. It stifles discussion and it's unwarranted. So uh, you've described your own trajectory and your change of heart, which occurred around the time you didn't understand my motivations for something, which is your prerogative. But again, I wear many hats and I don't know what your credentials are, but my credentials are being a lawyer. That's what I do first and foremost. And the rest of it is a hobby, but I'm committed to educating people and showing them the world as I see it. And I don't understand why that's a problem. Um, Danny, before, before yeah. you respond, um, I just want to like, throw something out there why does there appear to be embedded in your comments to karima an expectation of advocacy or to stake out a political position on these issues you sort of did it with um you you said something like uh we were there to support um drag story time so i'm wondering if if, if there's like embedded in that an expectation that karima should be there for the same reason and then the other thing that i wanted to ask you because it kind of overlaps on that is why does her um, being part of the legal team for Jeremy McKenzie, um, why does that also land in your expectation of, of what she should represent politically? Why is she obligated to do that? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, now I got to respond to both things here. So 
um, just to just to say, like, you know, like Kareem, I'm not saying that your work is not valuable. And as I said, you know, there, I once found value in your work and I hope to find value in your work again. But I think myself and a lot of people who uh, who consume your content, whether they're fans or or critics, um, they they have come to believe that your the the work that you do is actually doing harm right and and that is their criticism is that it's 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 also harming the people who are there on the ground and and part of being an How? activist right wait wait wait, wait hold on i i, I yeah. just have to stop you right there okay um, you you need to tell me what um ex specific examples of the harm that's been caused because i don't accept sort of that tagline aspect where we're just supposed to accept that harm was done give me give okay me like i mean i don't examples. mean like harm i don't like i don't mean like people are like bleeding out on the street i just mean like it's potentially something that is like harming the social movement that okay. is now hold well, on hold on hold on you, you went from you know, harm several to potentially harming the social movement how okay and so what do you mean by again social these movement? are other people launching these things you know i don't follow this story as closely as a lot of people i covered it on my stream you know and and i i, I agree i don't think it's potential i think there is harm being done to like the social movement that uh karima was once a a champion of because you really hopped on that i'm on the front lines i'm covering these white supremacists i'm an anti-fascist i don't know if you called yourself an anti-fascist you know not to not to label you that's that's up to you but when you put yourself on the front lines and then you kind of like switch switch sides a lot of people and you know this is just seems like human nature right because it's like oh wow we trusted this person and now that trust is brought into doubt and where we are questioning whether this person is a good representative of our move our movement and my 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 history i'm not a lawyer or anything right but i've i'm a i'm a hip-hop artist i've done a lot of art as activism and i have done a lot of uh activism itself working working with different activist groups you know and part of working with being an activist is building trust with the communities that you are uh, are that you are defending and and uh, the causes that you are trying to be the champion of. So I feel like for Karima, like you have in a way because you built your audience a certain way, and then you've you're you've switched the kind of like the type of audience that you want. You know, you have uh, you've made a lot of people upset in that process. You know, and it it just seems like a natural consequence of trying to do a bit of the both both sides thing is like you can't you can't keep anyone everyone happy you can't say hey i'm covering white supremacists and i'm on the front lines of anti-fascism and you can't turn around and say oh, and i'm also the defense lawyer of the founder of one of the most dangerous white supremacist groups in canada right without without you can do that but you can't do okay. that without making a lot of people angry right uh, we're, that we're, just kind of makes sense um karima i want you to answer all that really quickly though uh danny the whole thing about the expectation yeah. that Karima has to be an advocate for whatever you believe in seems to be at the root of your argument. Like, like you no, no, no. People... I'm saying that Karima, she branded you, branded yourself a certain way, and then the reason why so many people are maybe upset with you is because you went under, you underwent a bit of a rebrand that Karima, all kind of began. You had a certain as, as perception. Yeah, it ahead. sounds like you had a certain perception of me and who I am and then projected yeah. expectations 
onto that without knowing me, without knowing anything about me apart from what I choose to show and then are, are upset where these arbitrary expectations are not met, even though I'm actually entirely consistent with the values that I have expressed as being important to myself and upholding those. So I, 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 you don't have to like me, that's okay, but I, I, it doesn't really matter. Um, I just find it very confusing that there's this sense of entitlement to control and specifically limit my speech, my expression, my ability to associate, my ability to think, my ability to do my actual job. Uh, and I, I find that very bizarre and authoritarian. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to really tell you about your political identity. And I just, you, you're free to define that as yourself. I'm just trying to tell you that, like, it's how do you, how do you say you're an anti-fascist and anti-white supremacy one day and you turn around and you become the defense lawyer for, okay. uh, you, you without, without making people, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not to get I'm, into well, hold on, hold on. Dan, Dan, I'm not trying to label you. I'm not trying to label you. You're you free to label labeling. yourself. Well, I'm, hold on, I'm really Danny, not. I'm just trying wait, to explain wait, wait, to you. Wait, wait, this wait, is why second, people are second, angry. One second. One second. This is okay. why people so, are this upset. Is, this, hold, Danny, this is this is yeah, uh, yeah. The, the question that I wanted to ask is is it's the question that you just kind of answered. Um, if you're a lawyer and your job is to practice the law, I'm not. I'm trying. I'm not trying to speak for Karima, but I think we are of similar mind of this, and I don't think she's comfortable talking about something so specific. But if I just may speak generally. There is no expectation, reasonable expectation, um, for a person who is a practicing attorney to adhere to a set of political beliefs. Um, there are defense attorneys that have to murderers, and there are defense attorneys that have to represent people that may uh, be political opposites or whatever. It, it's not really something that a lot of lawyers really place their pile of values when they decide to take on a case. In fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's largely an adherence to the justice system itself, which removes that type of emotional need to have to represent someone of the same political ilk. And I, I, that is something that I find a, a lot of young people uh, nowadays that sort of subscribe to like the um, fringe on the left seem to believe um, is some sort of litmus test of whether or not they're an ally. And I, I would strongly advise that maybe you take a look at that through a different lens where um, it's not appropriate to apply some sort of motivation to a lawyer taking on a certain type of um, client uh, where, where the, it happened to Marie Hanin, brilliant defense attorney, represented Gian Gomeshi, and then people accused her of carrying water for wife beaters or whatever. And, and it, was just, it, it was ridiculous. It, it, was, it was a non-starter. Um, so anyway, so uh, but but maybe Karima, you can you can sort of clear the air if you even want to um, about about why being a lawyer it, it should not be subjected to political litmus tests. Yeah, so I'll repeat that I'm not going to discuss specific retainers, and there's a very broad duty of confidentiality that applies to lawyers for good reason, and that's that. Um, the the fact is that I have a specific set of skills and expertise and again i'm i'm clear about what values motivate me and what i seek to uphold and i'm consistent in that and that's not something i need to run by anyone for approval 
I am responsible to the Law Society of Ontario and to the laws of Canada and to myself and my own moral compass. And that's the end of that story. Does that clear okay, things up yeah. a little, Danny? Well, I mean, I understand. And I would never say that like n- nobody is entitled to be to representation in in the court of law especially like as a leftist myself like i feel as though that would be actually a terrible situation and the state of canada would probably crack down on on us i mean not that they really have to because we're not we don't really hold that much power within this place right i would never say that i think you know that would be absurd i would never want to live in that society where people are not able to seek representation in the court of law but i think when you've you, you know, you're, you're trying to separate your professional life from your, your also your online life as well, right? And, you know, that is something that is a challenge. We're all kind of content creators here, right? It is a challenge to do. You don't want to really compromise, uh, you know, what's actually like paying the bills, but you want to like follow your passions as well, right? So I think it's just, you, you it's really hard to separate uh, Karima, this person documenting, uh, the front lines of the convoy movement, the rise of white supremacy and the alt-right in Canada, and then uh, being the defense lawyer for like a known white supremacist, right? I'm not saying he's not entitled to having a defense lawyer. I'm just a bit shocked and was a bit shocked that it was that it was you, you know? You know and- what? If I, if I may, it's, what's weird about that is that I fucking admire that. And and it's not because I admire the uh, the person that she was representing. And it's weird talking about it with you here, Karim, because I know that you can't really say much about yeah, it. Yeah, this makes me a little bit uncomfortable because, yeah. I, I mean, Danny, again, what are your credentials to assess any of this, right? Like there's people throwing all sorts of words out, the idea of a conflict of interest, like just things that do not apply. And I don't know why I'm under a microscope or should even need to address this level of scrutiny. It's disrespectful. You know, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm like single-handedly putting you under the microscope. The nature yeah, you're just parroting being... stuff that other people have said, which is fine. You're the one in the hot seat right now, right? So well, I, I, find it I feel like I've reached my own conclusions, but I mean, I, I feel like, you know, uh, being an online figure and wanting to like grow your online presence, like it's, you're put you're, in a way you're consenting to being put under microscope in a way right like you could turn all your accounts on private tomorrow but i mean but we're you know we're all here trying to like drive a little bit of engagement are we not and it's like and uh you know you it's we're we're under a microscope but it's in a way like you're driven by engagement do i understand that right you're driven by engagement i think it's perfectly fine to be driven by engagement I, but I like, on your YouTube, you also have right? to have like a, a moral could, framework could, that is it's not like i'm hold, solely hold on hold on, Danny, hold on hold on hold on i'm just gonna go ahead Karina. yeah i just i you're driven Thanks by engagement content. that's something that sort of came out of you organically and i noticed on your youtube that the video the you made of game. me two days ago right like that's one of your highest viewed videos so i understand that i drive ratings and that's something that i have curated and that's partly why people are interested when i include myself in my stories and it's not necessarily what i set out to do but i work with the footage that i get and so if i show up somewhere and people are 
respectful and chill and do their own thing, I'm able to tell a particular type of story. And if that's not the story that transpires, I'm not going to pack up and go home and cry about it. It's just, I'm going to work with what I got. And that was the case in Peterborough. That's what happened in Hamilton, in Welland, in Brockville. That's what's happened throughout the convoy. There are times where I'm able to be fly on the wall, and that's my preference. And there's other times where I'm singled out and targeted and followed, and it is very much a battlefield. And, and so I work with what I get. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yeah. Um, as someone really familiar with Karima's work, um, and, and Danny, you know, this is not intended to, to feel like you're being ganged up on. It's just that um, I wanted to have you on because, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I know Karima and I know her intentions. And I'm talking about the way that she documents events because I, I, let's get off the, the lawyer stuff. And, and I don't want to make Karima feel uncomfortable on my show. But, um, you know, the idea that, still to me that if Karima documents an event, there feels like there's an expectation for some reason. Um, and Karima, maybe after I asked Danny this question, you can tell me if it's true. If there's any truth in that, that you self-identified as someone who was um, trying to lead the anti-fascist movement, because that's a surprise. Um, and, and, and then, Danny, why is there an expectation of sort of like that, the, the politics behind a person who's just there to document? Why, and, and is there sort of this idea now that she represents the polar opposite side for some reason? And what's the evidence? Because I'm still trying to figure out how she does anything that creates harm and specific examples of any type of harm, specific ones. And I still, I would love, before you leave the show, um, and we have about 10 minutes left, I'd love for you to give me an example or two, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't tell why anyone is at a particular event, but I mean, Karima, like, why were you on, at the event on Saturday? You know, like, you can tell us now. Because I, I, I follow these events. I've, I've seen King Nico probably at least 25, maybe 30, maybe 40 rallies over the past two years. This is something that I do, and I do it for continuity and consistency, and I like having a record of it. Okay, so you're there to to document King Nico. I'm there to document what's there, what's happening around King Nico. I'm not there to focus exclusively on him. I'll get police, I'll get bystanders, and I'll get counter-protesters if there's counter-protesters. I am there to document what is happening in this public space, which, you know, are, are these battlegrounds, it seems, for people who want to be heard. No one's really listening. I don't even know that what's being said is is 
it's a very strange time. And I find this fascinating and I like capturing it. That's why I'm there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, the rest of the people who are there, I think, wait, I barely even got a chance to respond to the first. No, but listen, but this this is my problem. Hold on a second. This is my problem. The last few times I've asked you a question, you sidestepped it and asked Kareem a question, which is great. But I would really, I really need an answer to this question. I was just about to answer before, before. Great. Well, I'll ask it again anyways, because people might not know what it was because that was three minutes ago. But the I need to I need for you to help me understand why there um, if you're if you're willing to accept the idea that maybe you've miscalculated not just Karima's identity, but why there's a certain expectation being that she's there to document and not there to wave a flag for uh, one side or the other is I, I need to figure out the negative and then the example of harm. But go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, as Karima, you said you're there to document and you're there to specifically document Nico king or whatever and there are a bunch of other people there who are there to support um uh the the peterborough public library and drag story time and the drag queen and they're there to support and elevate and make sure that the voice of the queer community here in peterborough is heard right and so there is yeah there's the uh the fascist insane protesters but there's also the local movement who feels the need to protect themselves from those people and what i see you doing karima especially when you do a specific thread on our boy uh colin uh who was you know there as a defender of of the uh of the event that was happening when you specifically dedicate a lot more energy to calling out the people who are there um, trying to defend the event, defend themselves from from the fascist movement. Um, it it just that is the harm that's being done is because you're 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 hurting the movement on the ground that is there to oppose fascism, and and you're and you're sending your supporters not to, not to be really uh, mean to Nico King and call out fascism, but you're actually sending your supporters to to call out the people who are there locally. And I'm just not sure that you've done the necessary work to be an activist when it means like building trust on the ground with the people in Peterborough, the queer community, the anti-fascist community, all the people who are coming together to, to make sure that this event can be a safe thing that continues to happen in our community, free of these pretty uh, unhinged protesters, you know? And it feels like instead of supporting the, that local movement and making inroads there, you kind of just pour gasoline on the fire and and you blow up both sides, both sides of the street, if, uh, so to speak. I think you haven't done the work to know that it's King Nico and not Nico King. So you're not really in any position to criticize me on my knowledge or lack thereof of the so-called fascists, first of all. And second of all, I'm not sure what protecting Colin was doing because the majority of their time there was focused on following me around with a flag, interfering in peaceful conversations that I was having, telling me to go away, that I'm not welcome in the community, which you would defend and say, well, that's permissible because somehow this individual uh, has, has been appointed by who I don't know for this arbitrary concept of of community, which really, you know, very amorphous and a vessel for power, power that is vested in Colin as determined by not sure who, but I will say that the actual host of the show that was happening indoors, um, we've corresponded, they condemn the way that I was treated 
outside for just showing up, not pouring gasoline, as you put it, just showing up. And it's, it's I know, James, you don't have sort of assets lined up, but anyone who's interested can check out my pinned tweet, which is just raw, uncut footage of interactions where I'm clearly being followed, I'm being kettled by flags by strange people who I don't know, who are strangers to me. The, the person later who called me a Nazi to my face, uh, Danny, you speculated that we'd had previous interactions. We hadn't. That They knew of me, but I don't know of them. So that's sort of the environment that I'm in. And in a situation where the counter-protesters, you know, outnumber, first of all, the protesters who showed up, and then second of all, the, the small subset who appear to be there to harass me are doing just that and, and taking up a disproportionate amount of my time. Naturally, my coverage will reflect that. So I, I, again, I don't really, I, I think that your concepts of harm are ill-defined, um, of community are ill-defined, and you have no real way of being an arbiter of, of who's allowed to exist in public. That's, uh, I don't believe that that's a, a direction society should head in. Where um, Danny, before, before you respond, Danny, I have the video. So I'm going to play the video. I've never seen it with the circle. Uh, so I don't actually know what the circle symbolizes. We're gonna look that up. Can I ask what does the circle symbolize? <laughs> I don't understand. We don't want to talk. You don't want to talk? Please leave us alone. We don't want trouble. Please leave us alone. I'll look up the circle uh, at a later time and update you. <laughs> People who want to be left alone, though, they do seem to be following me. Which is fine. It's a public sidewalk. And I'm just here to make fun of King Nico. I, I, I just want to pause right there and, 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 and point out a comment that I think is just hilarious. It's just delicious. She used her foam finger to point her cameraman to people she knew didn't want to talk. I just, the egregiousness of that, Karina. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll go. I'll, I don't even know what that means, what the complaint is. But... I'm all decked out and ready to go. Are you coming to the game tonight? No, I'm sort of a poser. But uh, I support that. I have to go to Niagara Falls. Oh, that's <laughs> So I'm Sport a Rainbow. And okay. so tonight's the Pride game oh, for right the on. Peterborough Peets. So. Okay. Well, I was looking them up. Um, and uh, like I said, I yeah, called them here. Yeah. But uh, bandwagon. Good for you. That's good. <laughs> At good least I picked you. the right bandwagon. Yeah, that's great. You did pick the right. All right. Do we have to watch the whole video? Yes. Oh, are they? Yeah. Don't, don't talk to them? No, yeah. We're not here to talk Because this is happening in real time. These people followed me to the opposite side of the street to interfere with the conversation. We're going to watch the if we can. Sorry, you say again, Karima? Very disconcerting because I don't know those people. Oh, okay. Oh, 
What is this childish behavior? Can you do it right? The, uh, I, adults can't know that they want to talk to me or not. If you've ever been to like a G20 protest or something, um, cops have this uh, uh, tactic called kettling, and, and and you were kettled by flags. Yeah, I get my face on camera. Yeah, right? at moments yeah. after this, when I move away house. once again. Why is there a camera in my face? Then? You can't. It's not because your flag is in your face. But anyway, that's fine. So these are the same people who asked to be left alone, but persist in following me. Um, so just to be clear, like at the beginning of the video, you were way down the street, like 30 feet. And they were like, I don't yeah. want to be on camera or whatever. And you were looking at the circle thing and you're like, OK, so you walk away from them and then they pursue yeah. you. That, that's all we're seeing. You're yeah. obviously not being aggressive. This is why I found your video to be so peculiar to me, Danny, because it was like we were watching a totally different thing. I, I'm watching something. And by the way, I don't have a dog in the fight, which is probably the reason why I see it the way it's supposed to be received to be perfectly frank, because uh, uh, again, that, that lingering question that I don't really care if you answer anymore um, because you haven't yet about uh, the actual example of harm and the idea that um, she has to be representing some sort of political value that you've assigned is, is patently weird. And the only way I could see Karima's actions as being some sort of negative um, in this context would be if I had some very, um, you know, ideological expectation of the entire event and the people that attended it. That would be the only way I could perceive this as being aggressive. So I'm going to let the rest of the video play out, Danny, and you can say what you want to do. Let's get off the road. <laughs> Hello. Hello. These are strange people who I've never met before, once again, just to be clear. These are strangers. So, this is the tactic, I guess, of being surrounded and encroached by flags. This is possible. I noticed the way But I'm not looking to move anywhere right now, so I'm just gonna Like, this is like, if, if these were proud boys, and Karima was, um, you know, well, if Karima was Karima, no of, uh, <laughs> everyone would be like, and, and rightfully so, like, like, holy crap, this is harassment. But because they represent a value that you like, they can do the exact same thing, and people are just like, well, they're just protecting their right to protest something. And it's just, I don't really understand oh, why any of this is just or interpreted as aggressive or offensive in any way. And Danny, if you can, so everyone just watched that. I think we all just watched the same thing. What was your issue with any of her actions in there? What did she do specifically that, that made her deserve what happened? All right. So people, they don't, they don't have to talk to you if they don't want to talk to you. Right. And you, what my main issue that I brought up before was that you, when you're doing this type of work, when you're an activist and you don't have the trust of the community that you are supposedly advocating for, right? Um, and the real reason, the real reason that everyone was there that day was to support trans rights, to fight, to counteract uh, the rise of white supremacy and fascism and the far right in so much as it pertains to trans rights and to, for that queer space 
like to be safe and to exist. And what I guess, you know, these people, they clearly have, you know, a bias against you, whether it's legitimate or not, I really can't say. And I mean, I, James, I don't think you're unbiased in viewing this video as well, right? Because like, well, that's coming only from because I love Prima, but also but, I think I'm, I'm qualified to be able to identify something as not being something without having well i mean i think i'm qualified too i think everyone thinks they're qualified to look at a video and and take what they want from it right but then so what i'm saying is though that these activists on the ground there are people who feel as though they're part of this community and they feel as though you are a threat and uh, you know and Sure, that's how they feel. You know, I can't control how they feel, but you, maybe you can, Karima, because you're you are right. The, but you're condoning you're condoning that behavior then with your words. Nobody just nobody saw, we just saw me having video. a very pleasant conversation with someone okay. who I spoke to about the Pride Night hockey game. Right, that's why I, I had a jersey on. We yeah. had a conversation, right. which was interrupted. We had a conversation about you being a poser. Yeah. We, a bandwagon fan, which was adequate yeah, for that person. A so I don't know why you would have an issue. I'm allowed. Are you to trying be to do this thing where we're we're, we're 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 about to wrap up? Like you don't have to call her a poser. Like we're not we're not here to call people. Oh, I thought that's what the lady. I thought that. Yeah, she called herself a poser. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. no, it's well, all fine. Well, um, see that? I was all like, about there. That My was a has been exposed. Go ahead, Karima. But it was a normal conversation, and I'm not sure that you really are appreciating or putting yourself in someone's shoes, and, and that's maybe not easy to do on a live stream. But think about it later, how it would be to be in public. You're having a pleasant exchange with someone, and out of nowhere, a couple of strangers intervene and lie about you in front of your face. And instead of standing there and arguing and trying to turn that into a conflict, I once again move away from these people and they follow me to kettle me. That's scary behavior. That's not acceptable in any way, shape or form. And it's disingenuous to pretend otherwise. Okay. But I mean, you put yourself in these situations. Your cameraman is there. Your cameraman is there blocking you in as well and and documenting this. And then after after the end of the event, you make an entire tweet thread about You're kind of like an avalanche talker, Danny, in that uh, you you need to stop at that first part of your sentence and not and not put a bunch of boulders on top of it. Let's let's try to do that so that we can actually have a conversation. You put yourself in what situ? What situation did she put herself in? Well, you. I mean, this is like what this is what you do. You go to these events and you're there to create content. And sometimes, and the and the that was the content that you created that day. And that's and then you you turn it around. You make yourself the victim on social media, and then your followers love that and they get riled up by that. And and it's you. You just I'm saw that video, right? You just watched the video that we watched. Impossible for you to be. Correct, Danny. You just watched the video that we this, watched, right? We, we all just watched, watched the same video. That is correct, right? Okay. And then so, you know, and so then if you, you could pick someone, if you could pick someone in that video that was being even slightly victimized by anybody, who would it be? It's it's a video. It doesn't ev- exist in the vacuum of of time. There was there was time before the so video, tra- and there was time after the video, and Honestly. uh, well, you know, um. I am maybe starting a cult in the future in this wonderful video game yeah. we're playing. It's hard to have a good faith um, conversation when we can't agree on objective reality. Because if yeah. you could tell me to my face, but, yeah, but, you know what? That was kind of messed up because you moved away from them twice, but you're not able to do that. And that's, I don't know why. 
but that's not really well, my problem. Well, people have... Okay, it's not your problem. Well, it is your problem, is it not? If you're yeah, because I have a uh, bunch of people piling on, it's a problem. But like, I don't care about any well, of you. Do you want? Do you want to build trust? Like, do you want to like decompress all of this? Like, with who? With, with who? the who? With who the is people the authority who are in this community? You, I think. Well, there is no authority. It's it's activism. Mm-hmm. The goal is to not have an authority. The goal is to have a decentralized for uh you know anti-fascist uh force that is going to be able to like stop these things from happening you know it's not a centralized thing but there are a lot of people in the community that you are not necessarily i don't know a part of but you definitely engage with them right who are who thinks that you have dubious motives so i'm here i i i genuinely believe that i'm here engaging in good faith and you know it's a, it's kind of like a two versus one even right now, and I feel like I'm getting a little bit of it's like sandbagged to be honest. And taking it's, John Thibault's comments from the comment section. Come on, man! No one's sandbagging you. You're just wrong. Yeah, well, Danny, I've been I've been trying oh, to get okay. Like, well, it's a two versus one. Danny's you know, I can't fair, help but feel. You're just Danny, wrong. I've been trying to get. Danny, but then all, I guess what are you me, doing me, to build just, trust? Just hold like, on, are you capable of saying, "Hey, baby, I was wrong"? Hold on. And I shouldn't always engage in this behavior. I need I need you to understand. I need you to understand something. I just watched the video. This this is. I'm just going to stay on message. Here's my message. I just watched the same video that you watched, and the and and you said she put herself in a situation. Embedded in what you're talking about is a strange narcissism that sort of implies that the people that were there with the flags own that spot. That's theirs. And if you don't go there where they are with the same intent, motivations and politics as they have, then you're somehow doing something wrong by being there in the first place and walking and talking. And you have not satisfied me by giving me an answer as to why walking and talking makes someone deserve being kettled by people who are supposed to be, according to you, the good guys. Why is this happening to a brown woman in Canada by people who apparently are representing anti-fascists? That is fascist behavior. That is like that is what they do. That is what police forces do. They kettle people. What did she do other than not share your politics that was so egregious? Maybe because I haven't talked about my politics. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Then what? Like, what is? What are your politics? Well, then you have. If you have to ask that question, don't you feel a little bit of remorse for making it seem like she did something wrong? I mean, well, that is the main criticism I think that you face from a lot of people who were following you from the beginning of your social media presence, and you know, you were you appear to be on the front lines covering these white supremacists people peterburgers and and now in that in one of the one of the videos that uh, you're comparing uh the people who were there uh defending trans rights you're comparing those people to the people who were peterburgers so it's I just i you what did you, you said about? that they were singing the na 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 goodbye and you said that's the peterburgers theme song yes because and, when which, peterburgers shut down i stood outside their restaurant and played that song so i've made that their theme song that's not comparing them to Peter Burgers. That's a callback okay. to my other content. Is that okay? My bad. I Is didn't, okay I didn't know that. Is that okay for me to do as a content creator? Yeah, of course that's okay for you to do. Okay. I thought there was a comparison there. But I mean, James also just You're made a, a comparison. Okay. 
yeah, it's okay to be mistaken and and publicly admit that you were mistaken. It is true. And I mean, part of the harm being done, though, is after the event, you know, you're, we're talking about this video that we all just watched like, as if it was like a, a moment in time and not, there was no time before it and no time after it. But we we don't see what happened uh, leading up to the event. And this is also just like a long thing leading in the making. The like, Karima, you go to these things all the time. And after the event's over, you uh, get all your social media followers to a dog pile onto one of the one of the activists there i don't think that that's accurate i think i named someone who okay. was running around naming me in real time and prior to this event and has been sort of on my case for for quite some time and i ignore it because i i don't really get into the fray with individuals uh unless it's persistent and then it persisted to real life harm which is an actual harm to me, not a hypothetical harm born out of paranoia of my activities, which may be nefarious, but we're not really sure. And, and just for the record, there is discourse about, you know, planning to surveil me at protests and here's how we're going to handle it and make sure there's a camera on her at all times. So I feel confident in saying that if there was any evidence to the contrary of, of what I put out there, it would be displayed and broadcast. And instead, what we get is video footage that is described as something other than what it actually shows. And that's the proof and evidence against me. So I don't find it to be a compelling case. And no one can tell me that I go and antagonize. I heard the same stuff from the freedom people. They just don't like that I'm there capturing what they're up to. And in this case, what a small subset of people wanted to be up to was policing the area. Okay, so again, you are comparing the Freedom Convoy to the trans defenders, like as you just did, right? Not to the trans defenders. There is a way to, to, to compare behaviors without comparing moral souls. Right. Like like if the behavior is the same, that it's the same thing with the compare. I compared them to a, pol a police force at the G20 rally that I was at in Toronto in 2010, it, it, because kettling is a thing. And whether you use like your billy clubs and plexiglass or flags to trap somebody between you and three and two other units or three other units is kettling. So, um, you know, it's just behaviors, man. Like it's not it's not saying that you share the same moral code, but but there is a, the you know, the, the, the ends doesn't necessarily justify the means for either side. And so um, when it comes to certain things like blocking traffic or kettling or um, Molotov cocktails or whatever the fuck, there is, should be a semblance of consistency of expectation of morals between one side and the other. And if one side doesn't have them, the other side doesn't have a green light to then do that as well. And I find it very strange still that that that, that video would cause anyone after watching it like if no one knew the politics of anybody there and just watched the video, I don't think anyone in the right mind would be like, well, that girl was very aggressive the way that she went along her way and tried not to talk to the people that didn't want to be talked to who then stalked her and then kettled her with their flags. Like no one would ever paint that person as the person in the wrong. Um, Danny, I have to let you go. Um, but it was, um, listen, we can do this again okay. uh, if you want to. Like, I, you know, I, I'm sorry if you felt sandbagged. Um, I think part of the reason is maybe that our audio made it so that uh, there's a delay a bit. And so I felt like uh, we were talking over each other, but I apologize for that. But we'll try to have you no back, worries. okay? 
I, I, okay. I honestly had a great time and uh, thanks for having me on. I really think that these conversations are important. And, you know, I did feel a little bit sandbagged. Maybe next time we could make it like a 2v2 match or something. Make it, you know, make it all professional wrestling. Maybe you could just answer the questions next time, Danny. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did right, my buddy. best, all right? We're all doing our best. So, all right, take it easy. It's thanks all again. All right, thanks, Danny. Um, hey, Karima. <laughs> that was... That was the first. I've never done that on Black Belt. I had someone in that that it turned into a little bit of a thing. But um, I, I mean, I, and I said this when he was here. It is very strange to me that 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 your video is perceived in any way other than someone doing something that was not very positive towards you. And and I know you don't like me. Like you're not a victim, obviously. Like you, you're you're tough. You're a tough person, and and I don't think that you're going to lose sleep necessarily over the flags being put around you. Um, but it must be annoying and, and, and it's weird seeing it in, in real time. And I'm looking at the chats and it's almost like you can tell the difference between the people that were there, uh, in talking about you, um, whether or not it was from a positive or negative perspective, there's a lot of negative in the chats right now about you, um, which is surprising. It's probably traffic brought over by Danny, but is it as surreal to you as it is to me, um, that, that we can watch objective reality be deciphered in a totally different way? We're in weird times, man. That's just what it is. It's weird times. But I am nonetheless committed to being objective and staying accurate so others can choose to not value those ideals. And that's their prerogative. But I think the only way out of this mess is to be measured and truthful. Well, Karima, um, I am uh, I am not neutral when it comes to you. I, I support your work. Um, I, I don't always agree with you politically, but I think that uh, your principles I strongly agree with, and so and your ethics and um, and your brain and the fact that I'm going to eventually get you a cape that you'll probably just hang on the wall and never wear because, as that person said in the incredible, listen, I wear no costumes. Capes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you called yourself a poser. I hear I am like, what the fuck did you say, Danny? What you fucking say about my girl? <laughs> hey, I, I, listen, I'll. I don't care about sports. I think sports are stupid. But if I'm going to pick a hockey team, I'm now Team Pete's, and I will be consistent about that. So yes. sports don't. are stupid, says the avid professional wrestling fan. <laughs> you know I love you, <laughs> Kareem Asad. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Bye. Well, that was fun, everybody. Um, thanks for all the people in the comments who were calling me names. I appreciate that. It's, it's, I, I like. I actually like seeing that. It's so tiring seeing everybody sing my praises all the time. Call me Mad Flower and think I don't like that nickname. When I really secretly... Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't really know. It's, it's growing on me a little bit. Um, but yeah, objective reality. Uh, Karima said it best. Listen, um, I don't really have much to add to that because I thought that... Um, I, th I, I Other than the talking over each other, um, to be honest, that was like me. You know how like, you walk down the street Remember the Verb video for Bittersweet Symphony and he was just alpha mailing everybody as he was walking on the street singing? It's a bittersweet. Take that, Dad. I'm going to shoulder you too, lady. Um, sometimes when you're on a podcast and you, and you want to, and you're the host especially, and you want to interject, and that other person doesn't back down, you, your instinct, once you get past like two seconds of talking, is to not back down, to put that guy right in his place. And uh, to Danny's credit, but not to the content, uh, not to the benefit of the content. 
fucker didn't back down. So um, I talked over him for seconds at a time because I also am not a back downer guy. So uh, big shout out to the people in the comments who are my critics. Um, I love you too. Uh, it, it, it's all good. Hopefully you'll come back and watch uh, if you like the guests that I'm having, if not for me. So that's fine. Tomorrow's Casual Friday. We have Nate from The Breakdown, the Alberta show. Um, little known story. Uh, even though I knew David Wallace like four years ago, uh, it was actually Nate's show that, uh, that David Wallace was on that uh, sort of prompted me to book him for the first time last year on the Dean Blundell show that sort of led to everything, including the long delayed, but nonetheless still up. And I will be co-hosting, um, featuring a lot of amazing stellar. And uh, it's going to happen, just taking a little bit longer than we thought, but that's actually a good thing. Um, I was supposed to start Blackball about eight months before I actually started it. And Dean was like, when are you starting your podcast? I'm like, I'm not ready yet. Um, and then I got Noam Chomsky. And then I have an announcement, everybody. Um, Noam Chomsky is coming back to the podcast. And he is going to be here on April 22nd, which is Earth Day. Uh, and we are going to have a two-hour discussion about exclusively about the environment. I'm really excited about that show. That was confirmed a couple of days ago. Um, I, I, I'm going to do some pretty big things surrounding that show and in the lead-up to that show. I don't really know what they are yet because uh, the booking is so new, but clearly uh, when you're interviewing Noam Chomsky on Earth Day and he only, wanted to talk, uh, he only wants to speak about the environment, which he knows, by the way, a ton about. Uh, his last book was a co-write. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember the name of it, um, but it was part of our interview last time um, where, it, you know, he's 93, I think almost 94, something like that, and he, you know, it's the only thing he wants to talk about. He told me, uh, recently when we were talking, um, I'm sorry, it feels weird to say I was talking to Noam Chomsky still, but, um, we're not, we're not pals. I think we have a professional acquaintanceship or whatever. By this point, this will be my third interview with him, but he's, he doesn't, he didn't want to talk politics. He, he's tired of it. And he said that, um, he said that the environment is, is the only issue that he's really thinking about, um, because he knows that his time left is limited. I thought it was a really revealing thing for him to say. So when he said that, I, I was as I was talking to him, I, was, I Googled, when is Earth Day? And it said April 22nd. So I just randomly said, how about we do Earth Day, April 22nd? And we only talk about the environment. And he's like, okay, done. So that's happening on April 22nd. So, um, you know, we're going to, I'm really excited about this one. It'll be the, it will certainly be the last time that I interview him. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. It depends how it goes. Um, he's just, so up there I, I joked the last time that I had him on during the intro that he or maybe it was the first time that he has uh, probably written more books than I've read <laughs> uh, and I meant that I'm not much of a reader as far as books go um, anyways so yeah so that'll be fun tomorrow's casual Friday again with Nate and with uh, Ryan Lindley um, I'm going to see if Brent uh, can join us from the Middle East That'll be fun. And I've invited a couple other people. There'll be some surprises. And uh, Ryan will uh, will put me in my place regarding how we handle um, sort of uh, the, the, the guests that we have, the, 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 the sort of unscheduled guests that we have. Um, you know, uh, being put in a box in my own show. I put myself in that box. Sometimes I need a box. We'll see you next time on Black Ball.
black ball. Black, black, black ball. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.